0: The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by President of Applied Vision Works, Don Hadley. An in-depth look at how Don and his team help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's the host of the Building a Leadership podcast, Don Hadley. This is Don Hadley with Applied Vision Works. We're here doing another podcast, Building a Leadership Culture, and this is actually part two. Kenzie Clark is our guest with Able Transition. And her specialty is really providing a path forward for individuals with disabilities. But more importantly, she's really taking this into the business community and expanding her influence and ability to help not just the individuals, but the families and the businesses kind of get to a higher level on a long-term permanent basis. So out of curiosity, Kenzie, in our last uh, podcast, we talked about kind of your calling we talked about being a business versus LLC. We talked about some things about how to kind of keep yourself going into the unknown when you own a business. So the, just out of curiosity, did any one or two things jump out of you from that conversation that you think our listeners might want to hear if they didn't listen to that podcast?
1: Yeah, I think we we kind of touched on being, especially being a young business owner in the world today and what it looks like owning your own business and getting over those seeds of doubt and fear that you might have. I think I've been really struck that being a young business owner in today's world is really impacted by social media um, as well as by student debt. And so those are things that I've been talking to people around me about of, you know, what does it look like when you have student loans you're paying back, but you want to be putting money towards your business, you want to be saving for your business? What does it look like to want to pay a marketing team, but you have have student debt? And then realizing and utilizing the social media world that we have that is free and accessible to all business owners. I think that's something that I've been really thinking about recently.
0: So what's, have you arrived at least at the moment where you think you're at, and, and as I'm hearing you, it sounds like you're trying to balance all those pieces. Have you arrived at kind of a philosophy or a strategy or set of tactics that you think works for the moment for you?
1: Yes, I think for right now, what I've realized is utilizing my social media platform to have clients review and like the page has been really critical. Okay, Um, Their reviews look really great. If I I have five-star reviews right now. I have great written reviews where people have left responses about my business and um, what we're specifically doing, Able Transition. And then also utilizing referrals has been huge. I've realized within the clientele that I work with, referrals go a very long way. If someone has worked with me and has trusted me enough to let them into their lives, and to move forward and make a difference then i'm able to essentially capture their hearts capture their their needs for the for the current moment and then they see wow this is incredible this has impacted my life significantly i need to share and so i work with a several trusted advisors. And one of the advisors I work with, he owns a, a law firm, okay. Carry Estate Planning. His name is Paul Yokobitis and he sent me a book called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, A Simple Five-Step Plan to a Referral Explosion by Stacey Brown Randall. Oh, that's neat. And that, I've started reading that book. Thank you, Paul, if you're listening. And that book has been incredible. It has helped me understand how I don't have to really necessarily ask for business referrals and how to create a business where the things that I'm doing are so impactful. The business is, I'm, I'm utilizing my skills, my strengths, and my abilities to not ask for referrals, but to get them from people and what that looks like moving forward. So I think that if you own a business and you work with referrals and you work specifically with clients, definitely pick up that book. It is an incredible book and it will really help you kind of shape the way that you do your marketing. And I've realized for me, social media is wonderful. I have Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. But these referrals mean much more than just a post on Instagram. People have found me on Instagram.
0: Interesting. Um, I've had
1: a couple of clients. Because
0: Instagram is pictures, basically, right?
1: Yes, it's basically pictures. um, But I make sure to put pictures of me, myself, my clients, as well as quotes, information, statistics. One that I got a lot of hits on was that 80% of individuals with disabilities are unemployed. Oh, wow. And a lot of people... messaged me after that and didn't realize the impact. I didn't realize that the impact of what a number posted on a picture could do Interesting. And, the, and the volume that it spoke to people.
0: I think of a picture as causing emotion, but then I think of statistics giving evidence validation of the emotion.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think having both, right, the the pictures on my feed emote, uh, emote a sense of Um, I want to be engaged in this. I want to be involved in this. But then you see hard facts, research, data, numbers, and then that moves you into, okay, this is real. There's a reality piece that hits more to the intellectual aspect of an individual versus the emotional aspect. And that paired with, you know, emotive pictures can be really mm-hmm. powerful
0: tell you every business ought to take advantage it makes me think we should be on Instagram <laughs> although you know I don't think I've ever been on it I don't even know if I've ever seen I it I promise
1: you it, you can do it it's easy I use something called Planoly
0: uh-huh. I'm
1: also going to plug this Planoly is an incredible social media business thing that I pay for every month and what I do is at the beginning of the month I sit down and plan out actually all of my Instagram posts I plan out the post I plan out what it's going to say oh wow and I can put it on Facebook and Instagram plug it done I don't have to to worry about it later.
0: And how do you spell it's Planoly? Wonderful.
1: P-L-A-N-O-L-Y, Planoly. It has saved me so much time. If I can sit down on a Monday, the beginning of February, I'm actually going to leave here and go work on my Planoly, and I'm going to plan out the rest of February's social media posts. Well, I know
0: the next book I'm reading, and I know the next uh, app that I'm going to try and use, Planoly. Yes. So thank you for that. Planoly
1: That's and Instagram. Let, let me
0: ask you this question, because again, as you're talking, you're, you're getting into the nuts and bolts of business. Very, very important. But You know, in the last podcast, when you talked about your calling, you talked about your training, you got your master's, you've got the skill, the ability to counsel individuals, families. My concern, if you really are going to grow the business as big as you are, you're going to end up perhaps in a situation where you're not doing that work. You're not teaching anymore. You're not counseling and you're going to be running a business, which is a very different animal. What have you thought through that or the challenge of that?
1: Yes, I have. I've okay. been I've been thinking about about my about my skills, about my passions and my desires. And as I've entered this world of business, I am really growing to love being a business owner. I'm really loving the aspects of taking something of myself and generating response. I love being able to train other people. I'm working on developing other people within other cities to be potential contractors for okay. the business. Um, and I think I'm having to really think through. What does it look like for me to play a role as this gets bigger? What role do I want to play, right? Do I want to be working with clients? Do I want someone to be running the business for me? Where do I fall in this? And I'm still thinking through specifically five years from now, what do I what do I want to do? I've thought about potentially as we grow bigger, having someone come on who can really take care of more of the day-to-day logistics of scheduling, emails, finances, and me being able to work more with clients, more with businesses, and almost be more of it's not that I'm necessarily a salesman, but I am selling some. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm really good at. I'm really engaged and driven to work with families. I love working with families. I love seeing the long term impact. But then I'm also realizing I love I when I created my business plan, I loved the I loved creating the business plan. Okay. Um, So it's been interesting seeing that I'm liking both aspects, but I know that I cannot do both forever, especially if able transition and hopefully when we grow big enough. Um, I'm going to be able to need to have a team around me that can.
0: Do you think you could spend half time, so to speak, doing the business owner strategic, half time delivering?
1: Yes. So I'm going to plug another book.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: the book, it's called um, Deep Work. Rules for a Focused Success in a Distracted World by Cal Newport, and he really talks about what deep work is and what it's not and how we live in such a distracted business world. We could sit down at our desk and open an email and get a phone call, and so we are, leave our email, we get the phone call, oh, we're reminded we didn't do something we needed to do, so we open up you know, our Google Chrome and we're researching and doing whatever. And then by the time you get back to your, whatever your task management system is, I use, uh-huh. I use Asana, which is really helpful. Okay, I realized, Oh, the, the things I had on track for today, I didn't, I didn't do. And I ended up doing something that was due in two days because I remembered I got distracted by this. And so <laughs> Cal Newport's system is that, you know, if you're going to do deep work, that means you do undistracted work for a certain length of time. So for example, for me, what that looks like is I sit down for an hour and go through all of my emails. I okay. don't pick up the phone. I don't get distracted. I put headphones on if I need to. I set a timer, and I just look at my emails. I respond. I make sure that I have contacted everyone if I need to follow up with someone. And then for the next hour I or two hours, I switch into client work. So a lot of what I have to do is after I have meetings with clients, I create what's called a person-centered plan okay. for them, which takes a lot of thought and careful planning, consideration, and details, uh-huh. and it's a very long and complex document. So I'll spend two hours doing that with no interruptions. Okay. Um, And that deep work, um, I'm getting better at it. It's hard. It's hard to break those habits of getting distracted and being interrupted in your work. But what I'm realizing is that when I'm not distracted and when I'm focusing, I am thriving better. I'm finishing more of my work and I'm more successful.
0: It seems like the quality of work would be better too.
1: Absolutely. And my husband and I have had a lot of dialogue and conversation about this because I'm a pretty good multitasker, I would say. Okay. He does not like multitasking. So for him, okay. if he's working and he gets interrupted, he has to totally switch feeds in his brain, and he focuses on something else, and then it's hard to get back to where he was. So for him, he has said that deep work is something that's really important to him, and that he would he hopes to see future um, and I mean businesses in the future and employers see the value of this, and that. Um, especially if you're not a multitasker. And I think, you know, we don't really ever multitask if you actually read research. Yeah. We're just, we're just task switching all the time. Yeah, yeah. when we task switch, we're getting like four, a fourth of what we need to do There's done. There's some loss of energy. Yes. And so I occurring. think that deep work is really integral and really important, um, especially as I've been looking at statistics but for men, for a lot, most men, they don't do well with task switching. And so that deep work is really important. And so I, th- I hope that businesses and business owners and managers will see that like this is really valuable. It's not that your employees are saying, don't bother me for an hour. It's that they're really working well. And so I think as my business grows, I hope to implement deep work in okay. what I do when I bring on more people and have that system um, kind of be the system that we, we live in and we work in.
0: So when you made the comment about men, it reminds me of that thing about men are like waffles and women like spaghetti. So. Yes, absolutely. And that's what my husband so, and
1: I have talked about is how my brain is totally spaghetti. Yeah. And we could be laying down to go to bed at night and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have to do this and this. And he's like, my brain says sleep. And if, and if you tell me to do that, I have yeah. to switch over, get up yeah. and do everything you're telling uh-huh. me to do. Whereas I'm just talking it out, yeah. you know. And so it's been interesting to see how our brains work differently but how this deep work aspect of concentrating on one thing for, for a certain period so of time me, is successful.
0: So let me go somewhere for a moment. Taking into account the deep work thing, your calling, starting a business, blah, blah, blah. Um, as far as what you're willing to share... What's been the impact of all this with you and your husband? What's been maybe the good parts, the bad parts? What's If someone's going to start a business or if they're maybe struggling right now because it's like this damn business or whatever, what what has worked or hasn't worked with what's going on?
1: Yeah. I think first off, making sure that your spouse is supportive of what you do. Uh-huh. Um My husband believes in me. He believes in what I'm doing, and he really encourages me. He is a really great cook, which is very helpful. So he makes all of our (laughs) dinners. So if I come home and I I need to keep working, I can. But we've also really tried to have boundaries of – um, protecting our marriage and our time with each other and not letting our, my business, you know.
0: So how many hours a week are you working at the moment? Is it,
1: well, right now I ha- I do have a part-time job okay. that I'm still, I'm also so if you
0: include that plus your business,
1: probably 50 hours, 50
0: hours. Okay. And it's probably taken a lot of energy.
1: Yes. And sometimes, okay. sometimes maybe 60, if it's like a Saturday morning, I have, I have to go out and work okay. somewhere. Um, it does take a lot of energy, but making sure that, you know, I have an alarm set on my phone that it, or 7, my computer's away, my phone is away, and I'm home. Um, And so it's interesting thinking about deep work, you know, you're Uh focused on something at work. But, like, also at home, you have to be focused with your family. You have to have a life balance. And I think a lot of people who are my age, young, mid, to late twenties want that life work balance. I want to be able to spend time with my community, with my friends, spend time with my husband, take my dog to the dog park and not worry about all the things I have to do at work. Are you worrying at the moment? No.
0: Okay, cool. not right now. Um, I've
1: been able to really separate and I, on Sundays I unplug, I don't do anything on Sunday. I will not, I will not look at my work email Because I need that one day a week to reset, recharge, spend time with my husband, take a nap, read a book that is fiction, you know, something. I love reading. And so things like that, that refill my tank are really important to do because if I can't take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to run this business efficiently and I don't want to burn out. And
0: is it worth the journey if there's not some enjoyment and depth along the way? Yeah. And I
1: think you have to live your life, right? Um, What's been
0: the downside of owning the business and starting it up and all that? What's been maybe some of the stuff you guys have had to figure out?
1: Yes, yeah, so I would say the downside would be just we had specific financial goals and plans that had to change because I stopped working and I didn't get a part time job for about six months after I left teaching. Okay. So there was a time period where we were just living on one income. Yep. And it, it just changed the way we had to live our daily life yep. and the way we had to budget and thinking about, you know, paying off our student debt. That that had to change a little bit. And it, But it was okay because my husband believed in what I was doing and he saw the way that my mental health changed immensely. I am much happier, less anxious, less stressed out owning a business than I was when I was teaching.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um,
1: and I loved teaching, right? But there are a lot of factors there that I can't control. I can't control things that happen. I can't do deep work when, I'm, when you're a special ed teacher. It doesn't work that way. You're always distracted. <laughs> yeah. Things are always happening. Yeah. And so we've really, even though maybe financially things had to change, I feel like as an individual and as a human, I am happier, healthier.
0: That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. I, I mean, it's been it's been a really beautiful process in learning how to, I think, create balance within my life, even as I even as I have started this business. But I think more than anything, if you're starting something having a partner who believes in you and who's going to want to walk alongside of you and also remind you, hey, you're home now, work is over, like be home. Um, And not taking that personally, but realizing that you've got to enjoy your life. You have to enjoy the people around you that you love because that's, I think that's a huge part of what life is about.
0: Well, if we don't do that, we're not human. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I think our work, our job, our business can come off very, very flat if we're not fulfilled other places. And I think there's a huge danger in it. At the moment, it it may feel okay to do it because I'm busy, have these tasks to do. But at some point, we do have to stop to get refilled the emotional gas tank. Yeah, absolutely. So what else as you've started this business? If you look out the next three years, what do you think are the biggest challenges? It, it sounds like it's off the ground. It's running well. You're developing, you know, the marketing on through to actually delivering is, is a nice smooth process. But as you look out three years, what do you think some of the biggest challenges will be thoughts and maybe how you'll address those challenges? Yes.
1: So I think first off, hiring independent contractors um and then when do i make independent contractors employees yeah um so this line of they could be an independent contractor i don't have to pay taxes on them right Um, they're responsible for that so that would be an easy way to start um having able transition grow outward Uh um but at what point do i make contractors employees what does it look like financially to save the money long term so that i can have employees Mm -hmm. um and i think just because I I like doing our like my home personal budget, uh-huh. but a budget for a business is something that is still very new to me. And even thinking about you know I've had to look at everything I get from clients, putting money aside for taxes, mm-hmm. and when I think long term, how do I pay someone's salary? How do I pay for or and help them invest in a four hundred one k? How do I help with health insurance? That all seems very overwhelming right now. Okay. Um, so I've been thinking about how little saving you know, practices now can hopefully benefit for the long-term and then understanding what my prices should be so that I can reach that point. Actually, when I met Don, he said, your prices are too low (laughs) for what you're doing. (laughs) When we looked at where I wanted to be five years from now, and that was very helpful because as an individual who has more of an empathetic heart, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I'm a two on the Enneagram. And so that means I'm the helper. I want uh, to give to other people. Uh-huh. And so I'm more apt to sacrifice for myself so I can help other people. So in the business aspect, it was more of, well, I'm going to lower these prices so that more people can access these services instead of realizing my time is really valuable. My skills are really valuable. And if I want to pay myself well, and if I want to grow this, I have to be able to put it at a price point yeah. that is meaningful, that shows what I'm worth and what this business is worth.
0: And the only exception I've seen to that, if Is if somebody's willing to borrow a fairly large amount of money and finance a business through that means versus savings, it's doable, but it dramatically increases the risk, increases the tension, the pressure, and that generally is not good because at some point you can have a problem where you can't overcome it.
1: Yes, and so I've not wanted to. I've not wanted to go that route. That's a wise approach. I've wanted to be. That's why good things take time, and so I'm trying to be patient and thoughtful with even the financial decisions that I make and making sure I have a low overhead. Right now.
0: So, have you started hiring some independent contractors yet?
1: So we are in the works. Okay. Right now. Very yeah. exciting. We've got the contract written up, and um, it's finding people who also understand this area. Okay. Um, and have expertise, and there are not many. There, the graduate degree that I have um, in transition is relatively new, and there are only a handful of schools in the country who even offer the program. Wow, okay. So. There are a lot of people who would probably want to engage in this that don't have necessarily the skill set and the degree that I have so what does it look like to find people who understand whether they're former special education teachers who've worked in a high school or so, so along those
0: lines if somebody's listening to this and is saying you know gee I wonder if I have the skills or not should I give Contact her a call me. yes what, what what would the five or six things be the main things that you want to see
1: in a, in a future employee in, a,
0: in an employee or independent contractor right now at this moment what would the five or six key things they have to have to make it just at least worth a conversation
1: yes. someone who's First off, works with individuals with disabilities okay. and understands what happens within the transition process. They so need
0: a year, three years? just. I would much say experience. probably
1: three years. So
0: three years. Three years of with.
1: experience of understanding what is vocational rehabilitation? What is workspace learning? Okay. What is a special needs trust? People who are able to access and understand the world, first off, understand parents' views as well. I think that if someone is going to be working with families, they have to understand where a family is coming from. So someone who as a person can be empathetic um, and understanding and really is personable and has a good interpersonal skill so they can engage with clients but also someone who is going to be a self-starter driven to complete tasks. Because if I'm in Raleigh and I hire someone in Concord, I can't be standing over you. So I'm going to need someone who, you know, is a self-starter who can work, who's competent and capable in those regards. What else? Continuing on, I think that I would also hope to have someone who maybe has some financial understanding and some financial skills so that, um, if I give them a company credit card, they're able to spend things wisely. They understand what is, okay. is not business expenses. <laughs> um, I think I also would like someone who... Is able to a large part of what we do is is writing the person-centered plan. So I need someone who understands what an IEP is. I need someone who understands the housing market of this of the area they're in, as well as community partners. Community partners and trusted advisors are a really big part of what I do. So I will not refer a client to an attorney or a financial planner unless I have personally met them, talked to them, vetted them, and know that their processes will keep this individual safe. So I need someone who's going to be able to market and work with businesses and meet community partners in what. Whatever community they are, so they are in.
0: need to be able to do a broad variety of things. Yes, but along with the spirit of what you're trying to do, not just some task list. In other words, absolutely, not, you're they not, need not to like have McDonald's a heart behind it. Where you come and they, you say, "Here's how you make the burger," and they just make the burger.
1: No, it's, they need to believe in what we're doing. I think that's that's the most important. Absolutely, yeah. is they believe in this. They believe in this business. They believe in transition, and they believe that people with disabilities absolutely need to seat at the table. They need to be working or engaged in society in whatever shape or form that they would like to so that they can live a higher quality life. Right. I think we all want to have a high quality life. We don't want our quality of life to be low. We don't want to sit at home all day. And so I want someone who sees that and believes in this as well and has the heart behind it. And It sounds like you need to have a
0: calling, kind of like you had the calling for this.
1: Yes. I don't think that this work is for someone who just wants to make a paycheck.
0: At yeah. All. What phone number, what email how should they contact you if they uh, believe if they you have, believe these unique you have these set. unique
1: skills? Um, our number is 919-200-0263 or you can contact me at Kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I-E, at abletransition.com.
0: So let me ask you this question, and I this will be probably our concluding question. I remember years ago, somebody asked me what it took to be an entrepreneur, and I made the comment is, if we stake you out in the parking lot and just beat the crap out of you every day and do that for a year, and you're still coming back for more, that's probably, you know, <laughs> oh you've got gosh. the skill set. And I you know, who I said it to thought I was joking. I, I think they thought I was going to say, go get this master's degree, do this yeah. and this. And I, I really do think that a lot of success is about the strength, the intestinal fortitude internally, as well as the belief in what you're doing. And quite frankly, maybe even belief against all logic that you can do what you do. Mm-hmm. And so the thing I want to ask you is, you know, if you got five or six years down the road, And you're sitting there and your husband's saying, I may be divorcing you because this is too much pain to go through. Um, You've got employees uh, having a revolt and you're like sitting there and saying, what the heck am I doing? What is it you think that'll keep you going? What is it that's going to really drive you to try and continue to survive and not just walk? What is it that you see or feel would would be the recipe for you?
1: Hmm. I think first off, seeing the lives of my clients change and seeing their their quality of life improve i think internally mm-hmm. having the grit and the determination of knowing that what i'm doing matters and what i'm doing is important i think having a journal like we said in the first the success part one, notebook, yeah, having a success notebook and reminding yourself of the success that's happened also i think if my employees are revolting i need to listen to them uh-huh. um, and have a conversation i think that if you're going to run a successful business you need to be really good at listening and yeah. not just speaking at people um I think that I've realized with my clients, I need to listen to them because they can tell me what is most important what they need and what they want. And so if I'm going to have employees, I need to sit down and listen to them, listen to what they're going through, what they feel is working, what they feel is not. And also realizing too, that what is happening and working in Raleigh might not be working in Wilmington or Charlotte in realizing that we need to potentially change and scaffold business practices based on the area, based on the clientele. Um, So I think if, if that I hope that never happens. But if, if they're revolting <laughs> against me, yeah. then I would think I need to sit down and have a conversation. But ultimately, taking out my journal and and remembering how I've impacted families, yeah. the truth of the importance of this work, and then hopefully the grit that I have will still be here.
0: And I ask the question not because I think you'll be there. I, I suspect you'll be long before that listening and hearing things that aren't quite working. But one reason I like to ask that question is I I find there's a lot of very smart people out there that have all these beliefs that X, Y, and Z work, but also by the same token, sometimes you just got to hang in there and grit through something. And
1: um,
0: sometimes failure is just in our own minds. People Mm -hmm. around us are looking at us saying, wow, what you're doing is actually pretty good. But we feel, um, I think it was Vince Lombardi, I think said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And part of my journey as a business owners periodically, I have a crisis of faith. Once a year, I kind of cause my own crisis. I say, okay, I'm going to quit my job. I don't want my job, and I'll sit at McDonald's with a blank pad of paper, and I'll actually list out what my capabilities and skills are, mm-hmm. what my weaknesses and things are that just kind of are the way they are. I kind of write down some non-negotiables. I say, okay, where do I need to go work, and what do I need to do? And uh, at least for about 35 years, I keep kind of <laughs> ended up back at the same place. But I've found it's a good exercise to do because instead of feeling locked in to what I'm doing, I feel like I've got the freedom to walk away if I need, want, or it's more valuable to me or those around me. But also what it's done is allowed me to really critically think about my position, what I'm doing, and make sure I'm crafting it each year to keep attracting me back, so to speak.
1: Absolutely. I think that self-reflection piece is really critical. And I've even thought about, I've heard some business owners say that they take you know every 3 months a day to be yeah. by themselves and to and to just think about what's going well what's going what's not going well and then take to take a day if you have a team to sit down with your team and have a you know have a recap a review like what's going on i think that's really critical and really important but also having that freedom of knowing what is best for me in this stage of life is this working should i be here and having the ability and the self-awareness to have those hard conversations i think is really critical have
0: you always been self-aware
1: i i would say that i think I've always been self-aware but not I haven't always been I a a large part of my personal journey has been going to counseling and and talking about how I'm doing and what's going on and so I would say if you're a business owner and you're struggling go to call a therapist and I know that sounds very you know it could sound very demeaning to some people but I think that everyone can use the insight of a trained professional who can care for you, walk with you, and listen to you, and realize that they're a third party outside of your brain. Yeah. And they can speak into you. And so I think going to counseling has been a huge way where I've become more self aware. Okay. And understanding why I think the way I think, how, you know, my nature, my nurture has brought up. I I am who I am because of my because of the sum of my experiences yeah. and as a part of also my DNA and who I am my personality but I think that the counseling aspect has really helped me become more self-aware okay and has been able I think it's been valuable to being a business owner and has helped me get to where I am now because I can have moments and days where I do tend to self-reflect and I need to and I can have a conversation with my counselor who's a third party individual who can really work with me and talk with me and help me process more what i'm feeling and what i'm thinking
0: i found that at 55 i've used a psychologist on and off for probably 25 years and it's been one of the most valuable pieces because they see a lot of situations mm. and so they're able to give me kind of a framework um, and i had to go through a couple of them to find the really great one but mm-hmm. the one that really has fit me is is because i've been able to learn the past and why i am the way i am i've also been able to learn how to change just about anything i want in me because i'm no longer a victim or locked in the past, I can choose this new set of behaviors, beliefs, values. And I tell you, that's been very freeing. Mm, in some absolutely. ways, I think it's harder to have to do that. Oh, it But it's is. a lot more valuable because I really get to choose the life I live versus saying, oh, I've got to live this life because of what happened before or whatever, mm. which is really actually gets kind of silly once you're about over age 18 or yes. 16 or 21 or something, in I my opinion.
1: Great things take really hard work. Yeah. And So counseling therapy, that's it's no exception. You've got to walk through the hard things to be able to come out on the other side. And it's not easy going to someone and talking about things that are difficult or even if you're having a difficult time and you're sharing with someone things that you're speaking to yourself or Mm -hmm. a situation that could have happened. It's not easy. It's the you're opening up wounds, but ultimately you're opening up those wounds to heal. Right. Like a surgeon. Opens a person, cuts them open to heal them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I, I think there's a quote. I think it was C.S. Lewis said, a true friend cuts in order to heal, ultimately. Oh, nice. It's, I'm paraphrasing that quote, so please don't direct quote me on that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that is a, that's a that's such a true thing to be able to have people in your life who can help you self-reflect, who can cut you open in order to help heal you and make you a better person.
0: So kind of concluding, what are two, three, four things you'd recommend? You've recommended a couple of great books. Uh, you've also recommended Planoly. Yes. Um, your success notebooks. I mean, through this, I think you've done a wonderful job sharing some wisdom of what people can take action. And by the way, they can call you and blame you, as Yes, they can. So, okay, These But what the, else would you recommend that just comes to mind? Or
1: Yeah, the, so the things that I think really have worked for me, the, the two books, Deep Work by Cal Newport and Generating Business Referrals by Stacey Brown-Randall, I think taking a day, um, whether it be once a month, every couple months of self-reflection to sit down and write down what's going well, what's not going well, where do you want to be five years from now, where do you want to be a year from now, and then if you are a business owner and you have a team that you work with, take a day to sit down and listen to them, ask them questions, get their input, um, and then really try to work you know, as a team where you are not necessarily lording over them, but you can be a listener. I think being a listener is really key and... and 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 successful business practices and then i think as well if you need to talk to someone call a counselor call a therapist call a friend who can help you out um if you're if you're going through a hard time or if you are struggling within you know should i even be in this business do i even care about it i think it's important to be able to have those hard conversations with people in order to ultimately have a higher quality life in the future
0: So this is Kenzie Clark with Able Transition. Uh, What's your contact information?
1: You can contact me at 919-200-0263, or my email is kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I-E, at abletransition.com
0: and this is Don Hadley with Applied Vision Works building a leadership culture and if you haven't read our first two books they are available at Barnes and Noble uh, iTunes uh, Amazon we also have done a number of these podcasts we also have all sorts of videos on LinkedIn Twitter and YouTube as well as lots of written materials in fact we have way too much we've accumulated over 35 years so if you would give us a call and help us get rid of some of it we would love that If you have any questions, thoughts on topics or what we talked about with Kenzie, my cell phone is 919-368-9008. Thank you. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast, hosted by Don Hadley, owner and president of Applied Vision Works. Questions, concerns, please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800 786 4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works.